1: When we think about climate change and its impacts We usually imagine typhoons uprooting tin roofs and toppling trees Landslides crumbling entire houses into debris And raging waters sweeping people and animals away Our government tallies casualties Damage to infrastructure and agriculture Power lines disrupted, water supply interrupted, schools turned into evacuation centers, families affected, and assistance extended. But have you ever considered what climate change does to your identity? When your home is ravaged by nature, what does it do to you? To your family? To your community? How does it affect your beliefs? Unravel the ties that bind you to what you know? and how you and the people that came before you have done things since time immemorial. I'm Trisha Aquino, co-founder of Puma Podcast, and in this show, we take the disruption brought by COVID-19 to consider not just a new normal that awaits us, but a better normal that we might as well work for. In this episode of A Better Normal, we focus on how indigenous knowledge and culture are affected by climate change and how these same things can help us adapt to it and even mitigate it. This is the first of a four-part series where we surface stories of climate change in hopes of inspiring action. This series is supported by the Oscar M. Lopez Center for Climate Change Adaptation in partnership with Asia Society Philippines. Welcome to Nabaoe River. Surrounded by forests and mountains, it teems with life. It's a place where children swim and play, where locals catch fish and make a living. Visitors can take in the jewel-like waters from the small resorts nearby. And if they're lucky, they might just spot the endangered Visayan warty pig, which makes its home in the watershed alongside many other species of endemic flora and fauna. Nabaoi River is named one of the Seven Wonders of Malay Town in Aklan. And it's a source of potable water for many parts of the province, including Boracay. But its beauty and value belie a terrible truth. That it, too, is impacted by environmental degradation and climate change.
2: The flash floods, the landslides, the exposed roots, uprooted trees, flooded roads and houses, damaged riverbanks. Uh, soil erosions and saltations; uh, These are among the observable climate crises regularly faced by Taba'oinons. That was Rachel Kasibsib Kahilig. A Naba'oi local, she interviewed
1: fellow community members and observed their way of life. With the help of a team of marine biologists and environmental advocates from the Aklan Research Center for Coastal Studies, Aklan Trekkers, and Community Resiliency and Environmental Education Foundation. Here's what one of the locals said. Kumukonti ang nahuhuli naming mga isda sa ilog dahil sa madalas na pagbaha. Nawawalan kami ng hanap buhay dahil kapag bumabaha, hindi kami makapangisda dahil malabo ang tubig. Noong kasagsagan ng bagyong Urduha ay inabot ng baha itong bahay namin. Dapat nating protektahan ang ilog dahil kung hindi, wala na kaming mapagkukunan ng pagkain. Kapag wala kaming pera, pumupunta lang kami sa ilog para manghuli ng isda na pang-ulam namin. Kapag maubos ang mga isda, wala na kaming ibang mapagkukunan. And here's Richel again, our researcher.
2: They believe that the changing of their landscapes and uh, the effects on their livelihoods are brought by climate change. And while the
1: community is the closest to the problem, Mitchell asserts that they're also the closest to the solution. There are traditional fishing methods that they normally use, like paglinte or pamana. Here, fishers wear goggles and submerge their heads in the water to look for fish and shrimp and then they pierce them with a spear. However, due to the impacts of climate change that affect their fish catch, they're utilizing new fishing tools and methods.
2: For example, they have demonstrated adaptive fishing tools like sungya. They developed such sungya as fish and river catching tools during floods, which we believe are important traditional techniques that can be adopted by other local communities.
1: Sungya is a netted tool with a bamboo handle about a meter long. The fisherman drags it in the riverbank or in the shallows during the rainy season when floods come. It can trap shrimp, fish, and crabs. Traditionally, they also make their cylindrical fish traps called taun out of woven bamboo or rattan. Now, they use recyclable plastic.
2: They are apprehensive of sending their kids up to the mountains because of the unpredictable flash flood these days so they have adapted it into a pet bottle so the fish traps now they have changed it to pet bottles
1: it's amazing how the community has taken an everyday object like a plastic bottle and recycled it so their children don't have to put themselves in danger meanwhile in the summer when the river level is low they practice pangatas where they divert the flow of water with the use of rocks and banana leaves, into where small fish traps made of bamboo are installed. Professor Ronald Maliao, who led the research team in Nabaoy, also has this observation.
3: With the onset of frequent flooding at the same time, decline of their catch, one of their adaptations is to come up with some sort of aquaculture, wherein during uh, summer, to augment their income from actual fishing, They sort of make this a small area alongside the river where they culture small fish that they caught from the river to make it bigger.
1: And of course, the harmful effects of climate change aren't just confined to the rivers. Robert Mansaloon Kahapon, an indigenous youth from Bukidnon, has his own advocacy centered around the forest.
4: Ang grupo namin ay tinatawag na sa Lumayag Youth Collective for Forest, um, isa itong maliit na grupo na nakabase sa komunidad, isang um, indigenous youth lead. So sa Forest and Farm Regeneration Initiative na ginagawa namin, na engage namin yung community on kung mustahin kung kilala pa ba nila yung mga pananim na dito sa amin at yung paano namin susolusyonan yung degradation na nangyari dito sa amin. So my forest walk and farm walk kami na tinatawag at ginagawa namin. So dito, um, dinadala namin yung mga tao, mga kabataan para ipakilala sa kanila kung may koneksyon pa ba tayo sa ating kinagistan, sa gubat natin, sa lupa.
1: Their work becomes even more necessary as the community experiences the effects of climate
4: change firsthand. Like for example, may mga sapa dito sa amin na kapag tag-init uh, na isang buwan, natutuyo na. At kapag umula naman, lumalakas yung tubig at may kasamang mga lupa na soil degradation na. At doon namin ipapasok yung programa namin na um, farm boundary management, farm boundary regeneration. Uh, doon kami magtatanim ng mga puno sa mga critical na areas. For Robert's community, it's their food security that's threatened the most. Dahil nga nagbabago na yung panahon natin, ang mga magsasaka, wala na silang tinitignan na cycle sa pagtatanim nila kasi ang pag interpret ng mga sa- mag-sasaka sa resulta ng climate change ay okay naman kasi umula naman or hindi naman natin alam yung panahon bakau ulan so magtatanim tayo ngayon so dahil kasi sa traditional na pag-sasaka is yun nga inaalam natin kung anong buwan yung magandang itanim ng maiz, ng upland rice, ng mga adlai, at uh, kung ano rin mga buwan na kung kailan dapat itatanim yung mga um, root crops natin
1: but there are ways to work around the unpredictable seasons
4: Ano yung mga kinakain ng mga katutubo na kahit sa anong panahon is nag-adapt? So ito yung mga root crops. So sa mga root crops dito, kahit na um, may mga ilang bagyo pang dumaan, tatanim kayo ng mga kamote, ng saging, ng um, cassava. So ito yung mga siguro isa sa napaka-resilient na paraan na ginagawa ng aming komunidad na kahit sa anong pamang kalamidad na paparating ay may mapagkukunan at may mapagkukunan pa rin ng pagkain.
1: Of course, the calendaring of crops can only take land productivity so far. Robert insists, a return to the old ways is crucial in mitigating climate change, even as the community grapples with the demands of the market. Sustainable farming must be the long-term strategy, as opposed to commercial and
4: industrial agriculture. The problem sa ngayon, our food system, our agriculture na sector, Ito yung isa sa mga dahilan na kung bakit yung mga tao sa upland community, kahit na sa mga step na mga areas na ay ginagawa pa rin nila na sakahan ng mais. Kasi ito yung demand sa baba. So kung adaptation yung sasabihin, uh, yung yung pag-uusapan, may adapt, adaptation sa larangan ng kailangan ng pera ng mga tao, ginagawa nila ito. Pero in terms sa adaptation, doon kung paano natin i-adapt yung uh, klima sa pagbabago ng panahon, um, ito yung pagbabalik sa sa traditional na paraan ng pagsasaka. So kaya sa aming grupo is sinisikapan namin na maituro balik sa kanila or kumusta sila kung pinapraktis pa ba, ba nila itong mga nakagawian ng mga nakakatanda So I think yun yung parang importante na malaman din natin yung kung ano yung epekto ng climate change dito at ano yung um, nangyayari talaga sa komunidad at paano uh, mga communities, kung paano sila nag-respond at baka yung solution is nandun lang sa traditional na paraan
1: At this point in the episode we have a few things to think about when we say a better normal does this necessarily mean a shift to something that's new or can we reduce the impacts of climate change by returning to traditional practices and shunning the modern industrial and extractive activities that led us to the crisis we're in today of course there's merit in using technology and innovation to get us out of our predicament. And as we saw in the tweaks the Nabaoinons made to their traditional fishing methods, change isn't always a bad thing. But there is much to gain in learning about, mainstreaming, and holding on to practices that are rooted in indigenous culture. Those that are anchored in care for the community and the environment. PlushCare.com slash weightloss. We've been talking about Indigenous Knowledge, or IK, and its role in climate change mitigation and adaptation. Dr. Noralyn Uy, a climate and disaster risk management specialist, stresses that IK is valuable in this context. After all, it's something that's been tested over generations. And while it comes from a specific place and community, this doesn't mean that it's static. It can be influenced by external knowledge, and it's continuously developed and tested.
0: Also, this type of knowledge would be practical. So you would look at Indigenous knowledge as influencing uh, livelihoods. Their are strategies on food security, uh, on their uh, habitation. So commonly, Indigenous knowledge is used in terms of forecasting and early warning. So our Indigenous communities know just based on the weather patterns when certain weather or season is coming. And also, they look at the uh, behavior of animals to predict uh, some events that will be happening soon. And of course, there's also uh, adaptation. So we can see here uh, some uh, traditional housing that has served the people in in Batanes from uh, being affected by typhoons. And also in terms of, again, food security strategies, they know how to till the land to preserve the soil so they're able
1: to contribute to food security in their community. In fact, climate change scientists all over the world have been advocating nature-based solutions, which are often rooted in IK.
0: Indigenous uh, knowledge uh, increases community participation, empowers people, thereby making sure that everyone participates in uh, climate actions. And then the last thing dissemination of IK by non formal education can provide a successful, successful model for non formal teaching and learning, thereby contributing to dissemination of indigenous knowledge to a wider group of people.
1: Intricately linked with indigenous knowledge is spirituality. And in fact, in the context of our episode, it's important to discuss how it spurs conservation. Here's Rachel, the researcher from Nabaoi.
2: The local community, or the Nabaoy nonce in particular, cling on to their taboos, their norms, like they value a certain old tree because they believe a spirit lives there. They don't go fishing on a certain period of time, on a particular time of the day, or on a particular day in a week because of their belief systems.
1: Fishing is prohibited on Tuesdays and Fridays, especially during the mid-afternoon, because it's believed that malevolent spirits are most active then. In effect, fishing is limited temporarily. You aren't supposed to announce where you'll fish, or have been fishing, in public, or you'll suffer bad luck. This, for them, is unethical, and locals believe that river spirits will punish the offender with a low catch. In effect, they're able to avoid overfishing in the same spot. You must also say tabi-tabi po and bring ginger when venturing into the remote upstream areas of the river because these are sacred places where spirits dwell. Ginger is believed to ward off evil spirits. In effect, it promotes respect for nature and it prevents overfishing or the overextraction of resources in these areas. Here's Professor Maliao again. He led the research team in Nabaoi.
3: Such kind of belief is similar to spatial management measures like marine protected areas or natural parks, which policy should capitalize so that the implementation of regulation will be easily policed because people people will already follow it because it integrates what they believe as sacred.
1: Dr. we adds,
0: For most Indigenous communities, where they are is not just for them a place where they live, they get their food, but it's also a place where really they can experience their full spirituality where they can get their strength. And I I think that if they can hold on to that, they will be able to uh, really work on doing more positive things. If that's lost, there might not be motivation anymore in remaining in that place, and that would lead to, you know,
1: migration of our Indigenous communities to other places. Indeed, as spirituality helps mitigate climate change, climate change itself also threatens spirituality. Here's Robert once more, the indigenous youth from Bukidnon.
4: May mga areas dito sa amin. May mga rituals. Halimbawa, panalawahing. Um, ito yung ritual na nasa tubig. Ginagawa ito sa buwan ng June. Apektado ito sa climate change. Bakit? Kasi yung sinabi ko kanina na ang mga ilang ilog dito sa amin ay natutuyo na kapag tag-araw. Ibig sabihin na uh, for... Kung sa dyan nagtag araw tapos dyan dapat ito ginagawa, so apiktado nito ang mga ritual na ginagawa namin. For the Talaandig tribe of Bukidnon
1: in particular, the Panalawahig is a ritual for the spirit of the water called Pamulalakaw. Minda News documented one such affair in 2019 where the Lumad sought the protection and guidance of Pamulalakaw by the Alaneb River in Lentapan Town. The Datu led the ritual among some 200 members of the tribe. This involved sacrificing chickens on a bamboo altar, the deities invited to partake in the offerings. The families then shared a meal by the river and would continue to celebrate for three more days. Back to Robert.
4: Yun yung nakakalungkot na, dahil nga sa nagbabago na, paunti-unti na nililimot, nakakalimutan na. Dahil nga, doon nga sa tingin ko yung epekto ng pagbabago ng panahon natin. And our
1: environmental advocates in Aklan are worried about the same.
3: For example, in Avaoy the River, their spirituality and traditional belief are tied to their sacred places along the Avaoy River. And with the advent of introduction of water Dam in the Bowie River, at the same time, the impact of climate change, all these sacred places will be disappearing or are disappearing now.
1: Inquirer.net reported back in 2021 that a proposed hydropower plant would encroach upon more than 100 hectares, including forests and a protected zone. It would involve the construction of two dams, waterways, and an underground powerhouse. Imagine an entire belief system, an entire way of life, being exterminated. It's clear, indigenous people and local communities are at the frontlines of climate change, not just as a vulnerable sector, but as environmental defenders as well. What would a better normal look like then? Here's Dr. Ui. So the dream, basically, of course, would be a
0: resilient, sustainable future for our Indigenous communities. So the conversation now is not only a matter of us not leaving them behind, but more importantly, really, giving Indigenous communities a seat on the table and letting their voices be heard. And here's Robert.
4: Isa lang sa pinapangarap ko, pinapangarap ng komunidad na gusto ko sa komunidad ay makita ng komunidad balik yung kaimportante ng komunidad, ng pag-uugali ng mga tao, ng relasyon natin sa kapwa, relasyon natin sa lupa, relasyon natin sa tubig, sa biodiversity. So dapat makita ito at maturoan natin yung susunod ng mga kabataan na ganito ang pagpapahalaga natin sa ating lupang kinagisnan.
1: Again, I'm Trisha Aquino, co-founder of Puma Podcast. You've been listening to A Better Normal. This episode was produced by myself. It was put together by Carl Sayat. Carl Jo Javier provided editorial support. Salamat din kay Macy Hovin. Next week, we release a second episode in this four-part series where we surface stories of climate change in hopes of inspiring action. This series is supported by the Oscar M. Lopez Center for Climate Change Adaptation in partnership with Asia Society Philippines. Bitin ba? Watch the full conversation among our resource persons from today's episode on the Facebook page of Asia Society Philippines. Look for Ang Kwentong Klima, Kwentong Kultura in the videos tab. Thanks for listening.